Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is the Wesson Walker Show. I think the most I've ever spent was like maybe, was maybe 150 it's a decent amount. It's Wes. And how much was the transaction that you had to pay her when the date was over? Wow. That's wow. an amazing insult. And Walker. It just makes me feel good. I can't get a woman out of the bed, but I can get my co-host or that's my right. show host out of the bed. That's I think right. you can get a woman in the bed, Fiddy. It's not about getting them out right now. Shut the hell up. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. <laughs> Definite inside joke. Oh, yeah. That's too, that's too much. Weston Walker, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us today, 12 to 3. Panther Bo excited about the App State hate, saying he's back. Take that, App State. <laughs> of course, Purdue is the real black and gold. He put the okie doke oh, on you. Oh, man, look at that. This one, I was ready to give you some credit, man. You do me like that. Go Boilers, baby. I actually have some connections I lost to, to Purdue. Purdue in college. So. I didn't know that. Yeah, we played Purdue, man. We um, Who'd you play? Who was on that team? They had Stuart Schweiger was their big <sighs> stud at safety. Okay. Uh, he was good. Uh, I forgot. Who, That's a football name. Yeah, I forgot. They had... They had a good, really good linebacker too, man. But I knew the difference between Big Ten football and everybody else when we played Purdue. Maybe Sean Phillips on that team? He may have been. I have to go back and look at that roster. But I remember the first play, how the end fired off the ball. And I said, boy, I said, I, just, <laughs> I, said, I can tell these boys used to playing the run a lot in the Big Ten because they fired off. It was different. Like, yeah. But we lost the game on the last play. I think it was a, it was a fourth down, obviously. And I went and cut my guy, so all I heard was a commotion in my helmet when I cut him. And then um, all I saw when I looked up was Stuart Schweiger running down the field with the number one in the air. So I said, oh, I guess we didn't get it. All right, so I'm looking, I'm trying to find the game. I'm trying to find because in 2002, you guys actually beat Purdue 24-21, to but that was 02. And so if we look at, this is 03. This might that have been it? Maybe yeah. 2003? All right. At I'm, home at Winston? You guys were ranked? Yeah. Were you guys ranked at the time? I don't feel like you had talked about how you've been ranked before. At least, that's what it's saying, saying to me. Purdue beat y'all, and it was at home. You guys were at home. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. I need to look. This is what I like doing when you bring up random games. Mm-hmm. I like going to the box score of those random games mm-hmm. just to see what went down. Mm-hmm. Defensive matchup. I mean, you guys lost 16-10, to 10, but you were ranked number 20 in the country. Yeah, I think um, I want to say that was when we were coming off of beating NC State, who was ranked. I think we played Purdue that next week. That would make sense. And we had gotten a ranking because NC State, I think, was top 15, or they were like 17 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they had the little train that drove into the game and stuff like that, (laughs) doing the little choo-choo and all that nonsense. Oh, goodness gracious. You know what I found? (laughs) Oh, I only found one play, but this is on YouTube. All right, this is great. I might see one. Is it West. the stop? I might see one. Yep. There's a. It's fourth and one. This is it. Yeah, I'm out there. Okay. <laughs> it's grainy. 
I mean, it's grainy footage. But I've actually you, never yeah, yeah. seen this play. All right, so we're about to watch. This is called Watching YouTube Highlights on Radio. I don't know if it's good radio, but we're all about to find out together. There's a minute and 11 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Wake Forest is driving. They're on the opponent, or they're on the 20-yard line, yeah. And so Wes is pointing himself out. There you are. Oh, we're about to see. All right, let's see what we got. All right, we're about to see what Wes does on the fourth and one attempt. So we're stopping it. Oh, you want cut block. Yeah, I got a decent cut. I got him on the ground. Yeah, you did. I've yeah. never seen this play before. I, I saw it when we here. Get your mic. You can you can swing your mic over here. Yeah. You can talk about it. So, so you got the mic. So yeah, I've seen him film review. Before. I've never seen Wes play football with this kind of film study before. And so here we are. I I got to tell you, Wes, you you get your guy on the ground. He does not make the play. Everybody else does not yes. make the play. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's real. Go out there. You can go check it out. Type in Purdue versus Wake Forest 2003, and it is a play that Wake Forest is trying to convert on a fourth and one. They're down six, and you can see Wes Bryant go for the cut block, and he makes his play, but nobody else does. Everybody else gets through. All I heard was a bunch of commotion. I heard Purdue's crowd, and then I saw Schweiger up hype. That's hilarious. I mean, Wes, look, here I am. If we got to go second take. I mean, I guess what? This is a wrong. I, I might take some time, man, because, you know, for ACC Digital, we have access to a lot of guys. I might just make a little highlight and maybe a low light reel, too, and post it on the Weston Walker page. No low light. No low light page. You don't, you don't have <laughs> low lights. You don't have any of that. Hey, shout out to Wes for being the only offensive lineman that did anything. Sorry to your boys, but you were the one that made Tough the play. And, and honestly, everybody else got through in the interior. Yeah, man. It, it was, they were a very physical bunch. Purdue, Wake Forest. I love watching those highlights. All right, let's move on to some Carolina, uh, you know, not Carolina, but actually we were talking about Carolina basketball during the break. Let's talk Charlotte basketball here because we were looking at some of the stars that could be out there. Wes, earlier this week, there was a report that the Hornets might stay quiet at the trade deadline. They're not looking to take on any salary. This is from Matt Moore of the Action Network, and you can find him on Twitter on Hardwood Paroxysm. He said the Bulls, it's really going to start with them, how this trade market is dictated. Zach Levine could be on the block. Nikola Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, even Alex Caruso, who they might be expected to keep now, but some other stars, quote-unquote, depending on what you think of them. They could be really setting this trade market off, but the Hornets just might be staying quiet. If there were some stars to go after, I want to go down the list, engage your interest, and just how much you would be willing to give up to go get some of these guys. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe you don't want anything to do with them. But I'm going to get your opinion on it. I even want to bring in Fitty because I know he likes talking some NBA basketball. <laughs> Let's start with Chicago. Zach Levine, you've never been a Zach Levine guy. I can't imagine anything's changed after your COVID ordeal this past year. Yeah, week. I mean, you talked about the efficiency, efficiency that he brings to the table. He's a shooter, things of that nature. I think in some ways he can help. I just don't think he's a winning basketball player when you talk about defense. and He doesn't have that grit that I'm looking for because I'm also uh, looking for some locker room fits that I may contradict myself depending on who you bring up. Okay. All right. Well, it's, <laughs> all right. I like that tease. Uh, have you ever pushed back on the going after Zach Levine conversation, Fiddy? Is that somebody you would like to go after? Don't we already have a roster that frustrates Steve Clifford on, on the defensive end of the floor? Yes, we do. Why would we want to add to that? Look, he, he's a great offensive basketball player. And in today's NBA, that's what they value because they don't play defense in 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 the league. But I just don't think he's the right guy to pair with a LaMelo, a Brandon Miller. I think he would actually stunt their growth. And that's potential stars. Now? He hadn't played in the last... 
handful of games. Yeah, he's been injured. Um, he's I always don't, hurt. Yeah, he, he's he's been injured. Yeah, like you look at him last year, played 77 games. Before that, missed some time. And, and like four straight years, he was missing some time. It's always been tough for me to try to figure out who Zach Levine is as a player because his numbers, they're really good. This year's a little bit down, but you talk about him being efficient from the field, being efficient from three-point range putting up 25 points per game like that's impressive to do that four straight years it just doesn't translate to winning he's not a winning basketball player it's it's not he doesn't move the basketball nearly as much i mean he's got four assists he's out there 35 minutes of contest like he would be helpful offensively there's no doubt about that but you're right fitty i do think you're right with defense him needing to help that's just not who his identity is as a player you're talking about a lot of money allocated to zach levine and so maybe charlotte would be interested I don't think that those talks would really move the needle. And I think I even saw a report from Jake Fisher, if I'm not mistaken, that the Bulls tried to trade Zach Levine for Darius Garland and Cleveland wasn't with it. I don't think that Cleveland was willing to do that. They wanted Garland and Donovan Mitchell instead of uh, Zach Levine in that potential trade. Let's stick with the Bulls before maybe even going to Cleveland. What about DeMar DeRozan? Wes, is DeMar DeRozan somebody that you might be interested in? The mid-range king. That's right. Uh... I'm. I'll say yes on him simply because I think that he is a little bit more of a, of an all around player. I feel like he's that cagey veteran that could bring a little bit of balance to this roster. Um, I think he's a guy that that really wants to win, and I just think that he's a player that could certainly help this team in locker room aspects. Yeah, I, I think the only problem is DeRozan is. On the last year of his deal, he's making $28 million, but it's an expiring contract. And so you wouldn't mind. Something crazy. Well, yeah. And and you wouldn't mind him coming to this team. I just don't know if it makes much sense for the Charlotte Hornets to trade for DeMar. I have to imagine the Bulls are going to want some assets because they're going to want maybe some draft capital from a contender looking to bring on a guy that can help them in the postseason maybe. Not be the star, not be one, two, even three, but maybe that fourth guy that's going to come off of the books after the season is over. Maybe you try to get the inside, uh, inside, uh, inside track. Goodness gracious, inside track at signing him, but maybe you just let him go to free up some more payroll. We'll see what they do with DeRozan. I would say no on DeRozan. What say you, Fitty? Yeah, I would say no. I'm not trading for a guy whose bread and butter is the most inefficient shot in basketball. And I feel like Chicago might try to do right by him and send him somewhere where he can compete for a championship. And, uh, well, that's not Charlotte. All right, let's go to Cleveland. I talked about Darius Garland. He signed a big old contract, only 23 years old, has been a really good player. I really like watching Darius Garland play. I think he's a good point guard. But it's the other guy in the backcourt that you could see traded. What about Donovan Mitchell? Dang. Donovan Mitchell has three years left on his deal, including this one. So two after the season is done with. Now, the thing here is that he has a player option in 2025-2026. That player option accounts for $37 million. Donovan Mitchell is in a place where he could turn that down, get more money from a different team, and just sign with whoever is willing to pony up. And this is not one of those player options where a guy is absolutely going to opt in because he won't get that anywhere else. Now, Donovan Mitchell will get more than $40 million a year, so it would be smart for him to even opt out and get a long-term contract. I think Donovan Mitchell, the Hornets were rumored to be all in on him when the Jazz were looking to trade him. They just couldn't swing it. They didn't have enough compared to the Knicks, 
They didn't have enough assets compared to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And so those are the two teams that it really came down to with the Hornets right up there in the mix, but they didn't have enough assets. If Mitchell is available, I would, I have no problem going after him. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is a very good player. We've seen him do it in the postseason. We saw him in the bubble. Maybe you want to throw that out. That's fine. But he was there to play like he and Jamal Murray had an excellent back and forth in that Nuggets and Jazz series. I would be willing to give up a lot to go after Donovan Mitchell, even if it meant that he would opt out of the contract. But sometimes you have to take a chance. And this would be a chance that I would understand why the Hornets would take it. Like, it's risky. He might just leave. And I get that. But Donovan Mitchell, LaMelo Ball, in the backcourt, defensively it would be dicey. I totally get it. But that is a dynamic backcourt back there. And then you move off of Terry Rozier. I'd be interested, Wes. What say you? Oh, I'm with you 100%. I wanted him the first time around. He averaging 28. He's averaging 28 points per game right now, 27.6, but 45% from the field, around six boys, five assists. But I also like, too, I think Donovan's a dog. He has a propensity to go nuclear on people where he can mess around, come out and go 50-55. But also, he's had a defensive rating of 110 or higher over the last four seasons. Currently has a rating of 108.4. Uh, this year so he's decent enough defensively for my taste but this is a guy also too that I know that when the chips are down he's going to want the ball in his hands Uh, he's an alpha in my book and I think again that's what this locker room needs a veteran alpha player uh, that's that's been through some wars and that's going to get at guys and demand accountability what you think Donovan Mitchell fit are you interested no I think the Hornets should sit back and let the Knicks trade for him okay right there you go uh, all right so speak, <laughs> speaking of course speak, speaking of New York what about a player that is on their roster right now last one we'll roll with here Julius Randall he's been in Hornets rumors before maybe it was just you know aggregated columns hey this is something that the Hornets Does should he look have to into be the last one because the one you had on the uh the main question that's the one I felt like I was going to contradict myself oh I did not I yeah. looked down to the list <laughs> I guess we could get to the Pelicans here in a moment we'll yeah. get there in a second Julius Randle didn't have to be the last one yeah. but would you be interested in getting a two-time all-nba player but even still it feels like people wouldn't be in on Julius. Yeah, it's just something missing there. Maybe depending on what you have to give up. I mean, his presence down low. I, Second I think, round pick, baby. I think he does have a, a a little bit of a toughness about it. He gets a little three happy at times. I mean, you don't want to see him out there shooting yeah. six to seven threes. But still, you know, he does have a bag down in the post. And I like Randall. I, I'd, I'd take him. I'd take him. Not you. You'd be glad to give or get rid of him for some reason, Fitting? Well, I mean, for some reason. I, I'm talking, I've watched this guy quit in playoff games. I watched this guy in a game that Jalen Brunson scored 46 earlier this year. Got mad that Brunson waved him off because he said, no, I'm going to take the game-winning shot. The man started pouting. So, um, as a Knicks fan, I would love for him to be a Hornet. But for the Hornets, I don't think they need another I mean, it starts because he's a two-time All-NBA player, but he, it was because he was doing what he was doing in New York. If he was doing what he was doing in a small market, he wouldn't be an All-NBA player. So he would definitely upgrade this roster, though, in some in, in some form or fashion. You, you would have a low post presence that can score, and I think that's something they don't have right now. And, you know, PJ is more of a perimeter guy. You're talking about Mark Williams, more rim protection. I mean, Miles Bridges, I guess, a downhill, kind of similar, but not as tall. So that would be the one. All right, last one. Do we want to roll in, get more time with this on the other side of the break? We can. Yeah, we can do that. All right, because Wes wanted to talk about this, and it was the main topic. I get it. 
They take on the Pelicans tonight. Remember, we were having some Pelicans, Hornets trade conversations in the offseason. Is that something they could revisit before the trade deadline? We almost uh, we also ask Jero Avero how much credit should he get for the way that he's run the defense for Carolina. We'll get to all of that in a moment. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. about the Boston trip. Such a good time. Didn't get a chance to do that this week because Wes had to leave us for a few days. But now he's back. He's back. He wants all the smoke. Okay. He's been talking about Brock Purdy to start us off. We've been battling about QBs. We had to get that in as soon as he came back. He gave you fire or fizzle. And so we've been playing the hits on Wes and Walker. But reminiscent about the Boston trip, speaking of the Knicks, we got to see them live at the TD Garden when they went to Boston. By the way, one thing that we didn't really talk about, that was a rescheduled game that wasn't supposed to happen because of the in-season tournament. When you have the in-season tournament, now you have a couple games that you need to fit in to get to your 82. And so that was one of them. We got lucky to go see that. The environment... One, it's a historic franchise. It's a city that cares a ton about basketball. It's also a team that just might be the favorite to win the championship. And along with the Milwaukee Bucks, they're the favorite to get to the NBA Finals and represent the East. And so you have all of that, plus a rival. There are things, there are caveats to make sure we use and acknowledge the context. With all that being said, I, I hate it because I love the Hornets. We talk about the Hornets every single day. I talk about them on Lockdown Hornets constantly. I'm sorry. Sometimes <laughs> it's tough because we just don't have winning basketball nearly as much. But being in that environment, Wes, you and I both legitimately felt it. it it's not one of those, man, you should have been there. Like it, It's not exaggeration. We're not trying to be hyperbolic. That was some fun, high-level, regular season, people care type of basketball and winning is going to take care of it here in Charlotte. I, I think when the team was successful a couple of years ago, Wes, like the Spectrum Center would pack out. You would have guys there. Oh, the there. potential is there. We've yeah. seen Hornets crowds at its apex. It doesn't even take all that much. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, what, they were the fourth seed at the highest. They yeah. finished with a 44-win season. At, I don't know. It's not crazy. It can get lit in there. There's no it question can. about it that. It can. I want to get back to there, man. Yeah. And I'm not saying you need to be the favorite in the East, but – It was different watching some awesome basketball between both of those squads at an arena where they care. And every bucket, every 8-0 run, it sounded as loud as we're used to. man. That roar of that crowd and all of that was there. It was great looking up and seeing those banners, the the shot that you see all the time on those NBA tapes when they talk about coming to play Boston and they zoom in on the banners and retired numbers. That was special, too. And, And the thing that was crazy, too, Walk, was just the location of the arena. It's like you're just walking down a strip of stores and retailing. Oh, yeah, there's a TD Bank Garden it's as hidden. we're passing by. And uh, I think we went in on a side entrance um, as well. But it, it was really cool. But in this town, it isn't hard for them to get there. If the Hornets had a competitive team, it's going to be lit in there. Yeah. That's that's plain and simple. They don't have to be the favorite. But walking out, we just talked about that as we went in. And as we sat there and enjoyed uh, just the crowd and their reactions, just seeing a packed out crowd and hearing real uh, emotion in there. Because when both of those teams come to Charlotte, 
they bring a, a great yeah, crowd out. There's always a tough atmosphere in there. Well, and that's why I hate when Hornets fans catch hell. Because if they got if they have a winning team, then the they Hornets support. fans are going to show out. Yeah, they support. But, I mean, what do you want them to do? You just want them to support a team and tell them, hey, you guys are trying. We'll still give you our money. Like, there's some understanding here when the team doesn't go support a team that just can't get over the hump. And some of that is the Hornets' fault. A lot of it is for not doing what they need to do. Some of it's not with, of course, the off-the-court trouble that they've had with this organization, but also with the injuries that they've battled the last two years. It's been brutal each of the past two seasons. But just a couple of years ago, man, that was when you started to see the attendance. It was it was rising. People cared. Yeah. You had LaMelo as this rising star. He got an all-star appearance. They won 40 games. They were above 500. And they actually had a, a high enough seed in the post in the play-in tournament. Yeah. Like, that's... The bar is low. We can joke about that. I'm here for the jokes, but that's the reality. We gave them a shot, and and I tell people all the time: the first eight seasons, the Hornets won uh, the attendance uh, in the NBA. They sold out pretty much every night because I remember when they would hang those banners in the hive for uh, attendance records. Go, oh, we God. heard you, Fitty. We yeah. heard you. Go ahead. What you got? I just didn't say anything. He said, ah. "What I you mean, got?" You know, just, <laughs> I mean, hanging attendance banners. It's like the Lakers hanging an in-season tournament banner. Well, they no, were new. No, no. They were new franchise. So, hold on. on. And here's what you're not going to do, because you're the type of guy that clowns the fan base for not showing up, and you legislate fandom. That is something that you and Flounder will do about Carolina, like, and I and I get that. But then when the team represents the fans. And they actually care. Hey, thank you for giving back. And they ha- they put that banner up. You can't have it both ways in that department. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd rather have a division title banner, an Eastern Conference final representative banner, an NBA finals banner, uh, as opposed who is, to... Who is saying we wouldn't rather have an NBA finals banner? As opposed to an attendance banner. Well, <laughs> but this was also, too, their first eight seasons. They were still a very young NBA franchise. Well, and, so. and hold on. And who said, yeah, if we were to compare it to an NBA finals banner... You're right, Fiddy. Yeah, I you mean, I just don't argument. think that's something you should brag about. Is that we were hanging attendance banners? But when you're a new franchise, though, that's showing that you're getting the fan support that you're looking for. I think that is an accomplishment. Okay, and I hear you, but you you can't clown the fan base for not showing yeah, up because they were supporting oh, yes, them even you when they were bad. You can't have it both ways. Yes, I can because I'm a Nick fan, and they showed up for 15 years while they they were a bottom team in the Eastern Conference. Well, I mean, but congratulations. What does that do? <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> Like so, yeah, they show up and cheer for a bad team. Like our, our, I would say that the fans actually hold the team accountable if they don't show up by not spending money on tickets. But the Knicks are going to show up there no matter what and tell James Dolan it's okay to continue to do what you're doing despite being one of the worst owners in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think that stuff matters yeah. though. Like. And look, you know, the, exactly. So they can hang the attendance banner. Right. If it matters, you can hang the banner, right? Yeah. I mean, like, and look, the, the the reputation of playing New York has changed. It's not what it is, you know, what it was five, 10, 15 years ago. But why do you think this city has a really hard time attracting people to come here? Because Charlotte's a front-running city. Well, because it's a small market. Uh, but, and it's also a front-running city. If, if the teams aren't good, people don't not, show up. And it's not yeah, New York. But that, and also, that's the majority of, of sports cities, though, man. You only get a handful of franchises that the fans are going to show up regardless. You, you watch games from all over the place that you see if the team is getting drilled, the fans leave. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're a fan of New York teams. I mean, that yeah, you're, you're going to have... A bigger market, with that being what? The number one sports media market in the entire country? So when you talk about a big media market, it's because there are fans there that feed that content machine. 
and they're going to show up for a team like the Knicks that is a historic franchise in the biggest city in the U.S. And so Charlotte, it's not New York. And so I think it's okay to hang the fan attendance banner, at least recognize it. And that's what I'm saying. When we when the fans catch hell, that's what I'm defending. Like There's no reason to get mad at the fans for not showing up when they do show up if there's a winning product and we have evidence of that, even if they only win 40 games. And so that's what's frustrating, especially for a team that's never even reached the conference finals. Could they reach the conference finals, Wes? If they actually traded for somebody we talked about this past offseason. <laughs> because Zion Williamson, yeah, yeah, we talked about Mariah Mills a little bit this offseason too. Fiddy says he still has the drop on the soundboard despite us not playing it all that much. But we do have the Mariah Mills <laughs> soundboard, soundbite there. And so Zion not playing himself into shape. Stephen A. Smith is out here calling him fat on his podcast. Does that change how you would go after a, a Zion? Would you still trade for him? Zion is such a, a tough player. And then you read the report about how he's not listening to the franchise and the things they're trying to tell him to do with his weight and all those things. But I thought he had a classy response to Shaq and others who critiqued him. I mean, you still look at the numbers, and he's still, when he's on one, he's still one of the most absolutely impossible players to stop. I mean, he's averaging 23 points. Uh, six boards, shooting 58% from the field. Yeah, man, I take the chance, okay? I know, you know, they would have to get – they would get some of these guys out of that locker room that I've been looking for and bring Zion in, who's a pretty high-character kid outside of, you know, <laughs> loving food. I agree. I'm laughing because I, <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, like, that was part of, of the allure of Zion. Food, and, yeah, he had a little woman trouble. But, hey, you know, rich, young NBA player, that's going to be par for the course. But – I, I just would like to take the gamble to see if the change of scenery, putting him closer to home and things of that nature could could give him a little bit more of a jolt uh, for him to come back and, uh, you know, really get his career or, you know, so really you, get his. You're, you're his, saying you would still trade for him? I would. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he had 36 the other night on the Timberwolves and they beat him. Fiddy, I know you want to play it. Go ahead and play it. Play the soundbite. I know you got it ready. Hit it. This <laughs> woman is a stripper, correct? She's nice. a porn star. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that, we haven't played in a while. Fiddy loves it because he felt I was uncomfortable. Yeah, I guess maybe a little bit. But she was, and that was the conversation at hand. Yeah, the conversation was about trading the number two overall pick. So in hindsight, Brandon Miller going to New Orleans, I don't think you would do that now, especially with the start that Brandon Miller is off to. No chance. And even when we talked about it then, Brandon Ingram had been a comp for Brandon Miller, one that I really like even now. And so do you want to trade for the player that realized that type of potential and isn't a couple of time all-star, not a superstar, but I think two time all-star, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. or do you want to have the guy that could possibly get there? Isn't there yet, but is also on a rookie scale contract. Like that's what was interesting. Knowing what you know now, you have some faith that he's going to be able to get to that level and maybe even beyond. And you have some rookie scale contract control. So you wouldn't deal him that means you would have to deal some other first round picks and whatnot to go after Zion. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's tough. I, I just, you can't trust them to stay out there on the court. And that's what I worry about. But man, you're right. Like there's not another player like him. Yeah. There's not. He is, com he is 280, unique. 290 pound monster. Well, and people are saying he's having a down year and he's shooting 
barely less than 60% from the field. It's crazy the type of efficiency that he's able to bring to the table, um, especially when he goes into the paint. Let's do rapid fire edition of game day dubs. You just want to move on through it? Like just a couple, uh, I will not go eight mile. I promise you, we don't have to do all that. Let's just do rapid fire (laughs) game day dubs. Uh, We were supposed to lead the show off with it, but we got some Brock Purdy conversation going on. Uh, Fiddy, you want to do some game day dubs with us? You want to do rapid fire? Do you just want to let us do it? I'm trying to give you some airtime. Oh, now you want to give me some air time. Yeah, yeah, I Woody, do. Woody Fitty's in. All right, let's do it. Rapid fire. Who needs a good game the most for the Carolina Panthers? The who uh, The who question, who needs a good game the most? What you got, Wes? Uh, I'm going to go with Brian Burns. Like I said, two sacks like in seven answer. games. Uh, he needs to show up and remind people of the pass rusher that he is. And not just one sack, in my opinion. To me, I think he should get a multiple sack game. Who needs a good game the most, Fitty? It's got to be Bryce Young. He hasn't passed for over 200 yards since the lone win against Houston. If he comes down and looks as bad as he did last Sunday... The pressure is going to mount to send him, and the negativity is only going to increase. Yeah, I was going to go with him, but I thought that was a obvious answer. Mm, he called. He called you a low hanging fruit grabber. <laughs> no, I, like, <laughs> I like Bryce. I'm Young. only five seven. I got to get the low hanging fruit, guys. All right, we'll get you the ladders. You can go grab it. We have Bryce Young, <laughs> and we also have Brian Burns. I like both of those answers. I have Thomas Brown. Mm. Thomas Brown was getting the benefit of the doubt before Frank Reich, but the last two games, it was okay the first time. We need better play calling in crucial moments. Didn't happen again. Give me Thomas Brown. He's looking skittish out here, man. Yeah, he is. And let's move on to the next question. The what? What can Thomas Brown do for you? What can Thomas Mm. Brown do to get the fans approval as a play caller? I'll go first on this one. I think it's simple, especially in a rainy game where the wind is actually also supposed to be a factor. Clearly have to run the football. You also have to run the football in crucial moments. If you have success running the football, right, like you did in the previous game, if you have success on the ground, keep going to it in the moments you need production the most instead of going away from it. It felt like I I don't want you to give the football to guys that have struggled to make plays all season long or even in Blackshear's case. I like Blackshear. But you're asking him to step up in a moment when he doesn't play as much. You're going deep to DJ Tark when all we've done is criticize him, deservedly so. You're asking to go to all these different players when it's not them that has given you the little bit of offensive success that you might have had. If he doesn't do that, then Thomas Brown can win me back or at least take a step in the right direction. Yeah, I'd say like you just said, keep the main thing the main thing, especially when it matters the most. Don't pass the ball a ton on fourth downs or short yardage. Uh, situations and I think just staying steady with the run especially in obvious situations and take a couple of uh, deep shots I mean the weather might be bad so that might prevent that but at least give the fans a little something to uh, get them out of their chairs run the ball on second and one and don't call a jump ball route for Adam Thielen yeah don't do that I like that Uh, I like that as well when is this possibly when we see Bryce Young play his last game of the season. Fiddy, you have not gone first yet. Why don't you go first on this one? Can we see Bryce Young sit down the rest of the way the last three games? If if it looks as bad as it did last Sunday where he's 3 of 15, 9 of 28, 13 of 36, then absolutely. Um, but if he comes out and does an efficient 10 of 17 in the rain, maybe they, maybe they keep him in there, but... If he looks as bad as he did last week in New Orleans, this this might be it for the rookie. I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're going to play him the rest of the way. I think David Tepper wants it. We know David Tepper has control over everything, <laughs> and I think Bryce Young is going to stay out there. Even if it's a worthy conversation, I don't think they're going to do it. 
I'll answer no. This is not when we're going to see Bryce Young uh, play his last regular season uh, game. I second that, Walker. I think that we've seen the reports, and if you don't support the Bryce Young uh, deal, you're going to be up out of there. It'll get you gone. And so we know at this point that Bryce is the guy, and the season is all about developing him. So, no, I do not think he will be benched. Where? Where does Carolina have the advantage over Atlanta on Sunday? I'll go to a strength of Atlanta and tell you that Carolina might even be able to exploit that strength as a weakness like they did in week one. Chris Lindstrom had a 16, 16 pass protection grade the last time these two hit the field. And that's because Derek Brown got after him. Derek Brown has been on an absolute tear. This is a phenomenal trench battle that you have between these two. I think Lindstrom remembers that. Uh, Yeah, no, right. And so maybe (laughs) Lindstrom wins. I think that's going to be a great battle, and Lindstrom could... I don't want to say easily, but he could win this battle. We've seen Derrick Brown do it to some top-notch guards. We go back oh, to Zach Brown's Martin. Hold his own. I think that's where you go to. Usually a strength for Atlanta. I think maybe Derrick Brown could actually take that strength away. So give me interior pass rush, getting into the backfield, and maybe plugging up those gaps for Bajan, for Tyler Algier to run through. Derrick Brown taking the strength of Chris Lindstrom away and wrecking the game. That's where I'm going to roll with. Yeah. Oh, man. That, that's... It's tough to find a Panthers uh, advantage anywhere. But if I'm going to go anywhere, I don't know that I can call it an advantage, but I'm just going to say uh, up front on that defensive line because the last time Brian Burns saw these guys, he got two sacks. Yeah, We know that Derrick Brown held his own in there as well. And so if there's an area where they can make some hay, that's the way I'll reword that and say an area <laughs> where they can make some hay. Uh, as if these two guys, you know, some – some players, when they play against certain teams, they get up for it or they, they just tend to have great games against certain teams. And so hopefully Burns can pick that up, have a multi-sack game, and Derrick Brown continues to play well too. I'm going to go with stadium structure. Atlanta plays in a dome. Carolina plays in an open-air stadium. This game was played indoors. Don't leave this game is closed. It's going to be wet. It's going to be rainy. They're going to be slipping and sliding. That's an advantage for at least Carolina being competitive on Sunday. It is funny that Atlanta plays a style as if they were outdoors all the time. They don't play a style as if they do play in a dome <laughs> like they did when Kyle Shanahan was there, when they had Matt Ryan, they were throwing all over the yard. That is not the style they play with anymore. Last one, the why. Why should fans go to this game, Wes? There's all the reasons in the world not to. Can you spin it with that salesman history that you have Ooh, on your resume? Boy. Why should fans go to the game? I got to dig deep to the end of the month. Numbers are low. I got to <laughs> pull something out of my keister. Um, <laughs> I mean, fans should just go to the game because you're a damn fan. That's all I got for you mm. because it's not a lot to, to be super excited about. You've seen this offense. You know, the defense has been steady, but, you know, they're going to break at some point during the game just because of all the reps. So I'm just going to say if you're a fan of the Carolina Panthers, these are the days that you can remember when you do start winning again. You can say, I remember going to that game and paying that 45 cents for my ticket on Ticketmaster to show up and sit in the nosebleeds and support my team. So I'm going to revel in these wins now. They, they better I think sh- that was pretty good. Yeah, there you go. They, they better show up for you too, <laughs> Fitty. Like these fans, even if they only have one, win they need to be showing up if they want to continue to be a good fan yeah this is the one where you might be able to excuse it because of 95 percent chance of rain but you go to the game because a you said that you got you into an nfl game maybe this is when you take your 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 son your family to a game that it's more affordable but i like what wes said because you can look back and say man i stood in the pouring down rain at one and 12 and when they're winning the super bowl you'll appreciate the journey just a little bit more you will tickets right now are 13 bucks. 
that's why you should go to the game. Yeah, I'd seen five and six earlier this week. It was. It was five. I think it really hit because I think the forty-five cent thing was actually you know, photoshopped. Oh, it was. But the thing is. It was so believable. There are plenty of people that fell for it. I'm the. I talked about it to open up the show a couple of days ago. I was like, I think this is photoshopped, but the fact that it's so close goes to show you exactly where things are here in Carolina. But even now, you can get tickets for thirteen bucks. Section five hundred nine, row thirty one. It is saying one of the best selling sections for this event, and tickets are going fast. But it's because tickets are so cheap. So you might well, as well you if you want to see the Panthers. I've, I've sat with my back against that concrete in that stadium before. Hey, not a bad view, though. Not a bad view it's in the not, house. It's not bad, but yeah. you do wonder, you know, if you're going to meet your maker before the game is over with. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Don't meet your maker, man. Hopefully you all get out of there despite the rain, despite the bad football. And then you can listen to the Wes and Walker show every single weekday. One more segment to go. We'll finish out the week with the week that was. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker with one more segment to go. Hurricane Hugo said, fire show, fellas. Except for Wes's whack take on Cam. But it's still a fire show. Cheers to the weekend. Yeah, I've exhausted it. I'm not going back into it. I'm not going to continue to battle, guys. I laid out the evidence. The defense has rest. Yeah, so I, I actually went at Fiddy for almost throwing gasoline on the fire, and then I took that gas can and decided <laughs> to do the same thing you to did. see if there was any flame. <laughs> so I apologize, Fiddy. I accused you for doing something, and then I did that thing that I accused you of doing, and so I you apologize. Stink. I That's do. Right. I welcome that. We have a very heavy week that was. Is there two weeks of content that we need to get to on this week that was, Fiddy? Uh, yeah, that would be correct because last week was last week and this week is this week and that makes two weeks. There you go. There's your math lesson today. You're welcome. Don't tell your parents we didn't <laughs> learn you anything. Learn Time yet. now for the week that was. <sighs> yeah, the thing was, was uh, last week, man, we had ourselves like a full show before y'all went to Boston and there was just no time in Friday's show. Uh, to do the week that was. Y'all hosted the show. I know y'all had to be exhausted. I was just sitting back here running it, and I left rather exhausted. The first highlight is a moment between Wes and I that took over a year to happen, but we got on a conversation about Carolina basketball in a win-win scenario, and Wes started, you know, talking it, talking ill about the heels, and in the process is microphone just quit working <laughs> yeah i just like them to lose lose i know why well, that's what you want them to do right you want them to lose lose it feels like they're in a win my favorite is when they get leads to and then the team comes back and blow them out like that kansas game i, I hate you i hate your guts i love that game because Boo is they sorry. came back and they got their hopes up <laughs> and then kansas just blew them out <laughs> How do you get blown out twice in one game, that, man? You know what's what funny? a gift. Look, I know we got to go to break, but I have never heard an angrier rant from Fiddy without him saying anything. <laughs> he just cursed you out, basically, with Don LaGreca sound bites and yeah. also turned your mic off. Maybe the first time, <laughs> at least one of two times. Nice job.
Wes, how does it feel to be the first host I've ever cut their mic off mid-segment? I mean, you know, it's a dubious honor, one I don't enjoy, but that's okay. I'll find a way to, you know, get you at some point. I, that was as ragey as I've ever seen somebody not say a word. <laughs> <laughs> Curse you out, Don LaGreca style, and then cut your mic off. What's the next soundbite, Fitty? All right, so earlier in the show during that heated debate about Cam Newton and Brock Purdy, our guy almost had a slip-up. That was Walker Mail. And if you were listening last week, he opened the show with another slip-up regarding the Mac and Bone show. We have Big T from NC saying Mac and Bone are catching some strain, uh, some strays. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not happening. I'm sorry to all the significant others out there. That's not what I meant. Goodness gracious. In all time. I mean, that, that, that'd be news to Mac if he was out here catching what you thought you were about to be catching. <laughs> Why did I say that? Why did I say that? Catching some strays. S-T-R-A-Y-S. Catching some strays. <laughs> that was an all-time mess up by me. Never done that before, huh? That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I apologize to the wives, to the girlfriends out there, to the significant others of one Mac and Bone who thought I was saying, hey, they were trying to catch something else other than strays on this here radio show, on this here uh, radio station. But I messed up and I apologize for that. What's the next one you got, Fitting? So as is usually topic of discussion every week on the show is my dating life or lack thereof. We took, a, we took a trip down memory lane last week, and I referred to my dating life with a certain phrase, and, well, it almost broke Walker. How worried are you to introduce whoever your future significant other is going to be to your mama? I've only done, uh, only one former lover has met my mama. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with this? <laughs> Why are you, what is wrong with you? Uh, how, did, how did that meeting go? Um... My mom said uh, if I was ever to date that woman again, she yeah. would slap me upside the head. Okay. Dang. So it didn't go well. <laughs> Wes is dang in there. Said everything everybody else was feeling. Yeah, I like I that was uh to use that phrasing, to use a uh, yeah, former lover. I just it, yeah, it caught me off guard. It was funny. All right. <laughs> what we got two more sound bites. What else you yeah, got? Yeah, now we move to this week and um Wes, I mean, I, I I hate to say it. In your absence, we did have some fun. But okay. it's a lot more fun with That's you okay. here. Um, and it was good having you back today. Listen, but, I was an offensive lineman. I'm a team guy. Well, that, that's that's good because some people aren't. On Tuesday, Charlotte <laughs> FC hired their new head coach, manager. His name is Dean Smith. And we brought Willie P on to talk about it. And uh, a question that Walker Mail asked him wasn't up Willie's alley. Willie, last question. I did want to go back. One more question to Dean Smith. Do you trust his assistant, Bill Guthridge, whenever it's time for Smith to hang him up? <laughs> really? That's where we're going? <laughs> that is Willie. Popular promo with public service announcement. Pelagic joining us on Wes and Walker. Willie, I love you. We appreciate all the breakdown of the new hire of Charlotte FC and getting their new manager uh, integrated into the system. We appreciate it. Slap the bald man next to you for me. <laughs> all right, we'll do. <laughs> He was not here for the Dean Smith jokes this week. I don't know if you heard or saw on Twitter, Wes, but Willie immediately with the Dean Smith jokes wasn't having it, but everybody else didn't have their time to get the fun in, and he joined us. I had to get some Dean Smith jokes in. Same thing happened with Mac and Bone the day following, and poor Willie really took it on the chin with some of the Dean joke comparisons and the uh, all of the questions that we had for him. How many would you have asked if you had Willie? I mean, 
for sure. <laughs> he has to know that these are going to be coming nonstop until this yeah. guy, hopefully he's the coach for a long time and they're prosperous under him. They're never going to stop. They didn't stop here this week. No, I asked him Bill Guthridge. I think we got a Pete Shilcut reference from Bone Man <laughs> this week. We had a lot of good ones. Final soundbite of week that was. Fitty, let's end it strong. Wes, you're a big fan of Walker's Mitch Kupchak impersonation. And yesterday, and yesterday Mitch joined the show to talk about his philosophy ahead of this year's tra- uh, NBA trade deadline. <clears throat> uh, Josh Marler, WFNZ. Mitch, can you explain why you have laid low at past NBA trade deadlines? And can we expect a philosophy change this time around? Well, you know, I didn't want to <laughs> think that we were better than we actually were. I, you know, we got to the four seed and said, hey, this team's pretty good. <laughs> but uh, you know, then we kept falling down and we were going to the play-in tournament. Uh, we didn't get to the playoffs. We were more in the play-in. I'd like to get to the playoffs. That's something I would like to do, but I just don't think that this team was good enough at the time. And so I didn't want to trade assets and... You'll not actually make a deep run in the postseason. You know, deep runs. I'd like to make a deep run. I, I don't like running myself. I get pretty tired nowadays. <laughs> but I would like to make a deep run in the postseason for a basketball tournament. That was well, great. Right, Mike, am I done? <laughs> you, do I need to get off the mic? Okay. All right. What was that? All right. I'm sorry. I'm done. Thank you. Mitch Kupchak yeah, was great. and Bill Belichick both made appearances this week. Ah. Yeah, we had a couple of impressions that we went with. And uh, you have to turn up your volume on the radio when you hear a Bill Belichick impression. But we also gave you a Mitch Kupchak impression. You want to bring Bill Belichick back to end us here, Fitty? I can't hear anything. I can't hear anything you're saying. All right, that'll do it. Bill Belichick, Mitch Kupchak, also Wes Bryant. Back in the Planet Kia studios helping us out today. He'll be with us next week as well. And we'll be with you 12 to 3 on Wesson Walker. Until then, stick around for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke uh, Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.